I literally keep having these like end of the world dreams. Ah, last night. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Why is that so hard for me to say? Spoiler. Spo what the fuck? That's why it sounds weird when I say it. Spoiler, spoiler alert. alert. Oh, spoiler. Wait, I'm going to get it. Spoiler, spoiler alert. There we go. Spoiler alert. Sweet. 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 Come on, come on, come on. Back to Ray. Yeah. And now, and now, and now, tonight's presentation. Hey guys. <laughs> Chelsea just did the weirdest countdown. <laughs> Maybe I'll put it in there. Do it! That's what she they said. They need to know why I yeah. went laughing. So, hey, we, guys. We had with laugh. <laughs> hey, guys. We're going a little crazy. We're a little high. A little bit. Uh, a little bit. Welcome to another episode of Flick Chicks. I'm Sheridan. And I'm Chelsea. And today we are talking about the house that the Jack, Jack built. 2018. The house that Jacques built. <laughs> 2018, yeah. I had, really quick, really quick, mm -hmm. I, I had never seen this movie, never even heard of it, until you me. told me about it. That's and me, Chelsea. I told Sheridan. Sheridan? <laughs> I was swallowing. What is happening? I was salivating so much right now. <laughs> so tell us, so like, give us, tell us. Well, give us, give us the, tell us the. Give us the, give us the. <laughs> No, dude. So like one day I went to go visit my dad mm -hmm. and it was it was one of those quick visits where you're like, hey, I miss you. I love you. Can you have something to eat? <laughs> and, then yes. fed, and then he fed me and he yes. was like, you want to watch a movie? And hey, I was you like, wa you want to watch a movie? Hey, kid, you want to watch a movie? Do you like movie? jazz? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, so yeah, my dad was just like, yeah, there's this great movie called The House That Jack Built. And I'm thinking, yeah, it's going to be a great movie. Like Gladiator or something. <laughs> that was so wrong. It's not a movie that you just go, hey, let's watch this movie. Like, like if y'all know my dad, all the crazy stories he, about my dad. He loves, he loves, he loves that hardcore shit. He does, dude. It's, he loves it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So your fucking dad sat you down on a Thursday afternoon. Yeah, dude. Made me a man. I'm just kidding. <laughs> And so when you, when you, when you, dude, we're all fucked up today. So Chelsea, you had an idea. Yeah. So Tell us about your idea. My dad. I, I miss my dad. It's quarantine, dude. We haven't seen our dads. I haven't seen my dad. I don't even know what my dad looks like anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Who am I kidding? He looks like me. So, but, but we really wanted him to tell us about his opinion yeah. on this movie because Dean Annist. Dean freaking A. Dean freaking A. <laughs> We're going to give him a call really quick. He's going to be surprised, so just uh, bear with us. Yeah. Uh, call Dean Annist. We, everyone gets to hear this. Calling Dean Annist. Calling uh, Dean Annist. Mobile. <laughs> the, guys, this is going to be so great. Help he answers. <laughs> Come on, Dad. Hi, Dad. Hey, what's up? <clears throat> oh, uh, well, I just wanted to <laughs> I just wanted to surprise you because you're live on my podcast right now and Sheridan and I want to know why Dean Annis 
Annist <laughs> loves, I don't know if you like or love this movie, but that we're covering the house that Jack built. Yeah, that's, that's a really good, uh, it, well, <laughs> let's just put it this way. Not everybody's going to like the movie. Right. Um, it's, I thought it was well done. And the, the probably most shocking um, depiction of his travels through hell is, is just, I think I've watched that part like three or four times. It's just, I'm taken, taken back by it. Why is it so, um, what's the word? I don't, I want to say robust, but that's not the right word. Why is it so, um, why do attractive? you, yeah, yeah. Why is it so attractive to you? I think it's attractive because it goes into, uh, the mind of an individual who is, uh, severely um, incapacitated, you know, with mental health issue. And yet he's smart in, in a lot of his thinking. It's, it's almost maddening. It's like, um, you know, being uh, able to accomplish lots of things, but do it in a way that is, is immoral and unethical and not care about what he does as he's harming and killing people. So, that's attractive because we don't understand mental health. And so to understand it, you know, you, you watch it, you, 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 you want to, you want to learn more. You want to see what, what motivates this person and why would he do something or she do something so awful. And, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, I think that's the attraction is just the unknown, how a person thinks and why they can commit heinous acts and just not care. I, I totally agree with you. I, that's so insightful and you have such a way of breaking down your feelings towards things in a way that people can kind of visualize it. Um, that's why we wanted to reach out to you because you're just, you know, you're just naturally like that. And I will be honest, I, I tend to bring you up um, a lot in our episodes because the way that you handle fear and horror or thriller is so different from everyone else. You know, most parents would have been like, you know, you're not allowed to watch this movie until you're 21. But the approach that you took with me is you need to see things in order to understand them. And if you understand them, it's really not so scary. But but I'm going off on, on a tangent. I'm kind of, you know, lighting a little fire under your ass. What is it, blowing smoke up your ass? But... I really, I, I agree. And like one of the parts in the movie, um, and everyone knows spoiler there, this is a sp spoiler, spoiler household. Yeah. Spoiler household. Um, there's a part where Jack, um, has, you know, a love interest with two children and Jack basically hunts this entire family. But what an outsider sees is pure horror and terror. But the way that Jack is seeing this at is, is as of art yeah right yeah because he's he's an architect so he's he's trying to put together the the perfect scenario as a lifestyle <laughs> he, exactly. he wants to, he wants to make his it without without any any kind of uh, consequence he's not thinking about the other person's perspective he's not taking into consideration how they feel about anything almost like 
a hunter might think about winning that prize to getting that perfect kill or, or, you know, you know, getting the biggest, uh, prize in the horns of, of, you know, 10 to 12 points on a, on a deer or something like that. He doesn't care how they think about it. He only cares about his perspective. And that's, what's so maddening in, in reference to what you said earlier. I think that, that being exhilarated and having sensationalism, you know, being able to feel something that you don't normally get to in, in everybody's humdrum life is is fun because that's the essence of entertainment. That's why we watch movies. So right. we're always we're looking for something that that moves us in certain ways. This movie was troubling. It was troubling because it's it's something that I could see actually is happening to someone or I could see someone committing some kind of act like this because they're sick enough and we're in such a free society that these type of people, you know, navigate in life and do these things and can just snap. And all of a sudden um, they're, they're just, they've lost it and, and people are suffering from it. And that's why I was attracted to it because it's something that could be real. It's not the ghost or something, you know, surprising us from the corner. It's a real person doing awful things and that's a terrifying thing because I think people are capable of doing much and they're also capable of destroying in in the same capacity in opposite direction that's true and I I wanted to ask you you know I I won't keep you too much longer but um what was your favorite part of the movie what what was it that really really struck Um, you my favorite part of the movie is when Virgil takes um Jack through different tier levels of hell mm. and why and and i think that the reason because it's the it's the moral part of the movie it's the consequential part that shows jack who i think really begins to identify the things that he did was wrong right even though he's so centered he's so just unbelievably centered he's not even thinking about virgil's needs he knows Virgil's the guide, but at the end, he still thinks that he's capable of uh, attaining whatever goal he wishes to by, by uh, you know, trying to get across that bridge. Which right. you know, and, and I won't say you know why he did it or if if he made it, <laughs> but but he's always thinking that he can top his next you know act. Right. He can make one step, and I think that was that was the real thing. He finally realized where he was, what he had done wrong, and that there was no turning back. He was offered another tier level above where he was. He was given an opportunity to serve out his existence, um, you know, in the afterlife in a, in a higher up tier. Right. I think he he realized that I would rather not um, experience any of that if I have an opportunity to escape. Right. Right. And that's, that's just the not. That's the that's the crazy part of of who he was. So yeah, that was kind of his. It wasn't just that he was building a house. He was always trying to reach the per- perfection. He right. That was the 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 mono. The whole movie was. I want to be the perfect of whatever it is I'm doing. And even in hell, he wanted to do that. And right. Of course, you know how it ends. Right. Yeah. That's so crazy yeah, for sure. Well. 
thank you for being on Flick Chicks. <laughs> I, I really just missed the shit out of you and what did But I thought, oh man, my dad really likes this movie and it'd be really cool to get your perspective. Well, so thank yeah, you. Yeah, and hopefully everybody out there doesn't think I'm nuts. I just I just dig movies like that. Oh yeah, dude. <laughs> no one thinks you're nuts. I'm pretty sure that you're a fan on the show. Yeah. Because <laughs> I bring you up so much. But, all right, well, rock, rock on, guys. All right, love you, Dad. Okay, love you. All right, bye. bye. So, my um, heart. He's so cute. <laughs> yeah, so if you don't know, uh, this movie is about a serial killer named Jack um, and his exploits as a serial murderer within the course of, like, 12 years. It's so crazy. That's such a long time, too. Yeah, um... It's incredible how long someone can get away with something. It is. And it's that's realistic, too. Especially, dude, narcissists and, like, manipulators. You don't even have to. I really, truly believe narcissism is a mental illness. If it's not. I don't know if well, it, it is. I think it is. I but, think it, but, but I don't think there's, a you know, like, a cure. No. Or, like, pills no. you can take for narcissism. No. You, you can take pills for stress. You can take pills for ADHD and fucking autism. Well, no. <laughs> no, I don't think you can do that. No. <laughs> that does not exist. <laughs> but you get what I'm saying. No, I mean, I... It's a... Guys, this was... Okay. If you, if you can't tell, this is a very unsettling, very polarizing movie. It's fucking crazy. It's... One of the most disturbing movies I've ever seen. This is not this is not a movie for the faint of heart. I'm no. telling you right now, like if you are if you are extremely squirmish, squirmish? Yeah, you mean squeamish? squeamish? <laughs> You're struggling today, man. Dude, I'm lit. I'm lit. Um it's <laughs> Okay, here's the thing. When it first uh, when it first went to a, when it first got released, it went to Cannes Film Festival and people, there were a lot of people that walked out, but then it still got a standing ovation at the end. Like it's that kind of movie. Like, wow. It makes you feel stuff and it will fuck your shit up. It, so what do, it, do not approach this movie lightly. What it did to me, dude, was really try to make the divide between humanity and uh, disillusion, I want to say. Okay. Or illusion. I can't explain it. Like, it made me separate what is right and what cannot be helped. Whoa. Okay. Not even what's wrong. Well, it's very much, this movie is very much about, like, the randomness of the universe and, like, just sometimes shit happens sometimes the blunt goes out um this is a very this serial killer was very ted bundy-esque played by matt dillon who was fucking brilliant by the way i wow i never really thought much of matt dillon yeah until i saw this movie and i was like holy shit i didn't know he could do that i'm pretty sure that's just how he is in real life just a psycho <laughs> with OCD. I'm not kidding. So he plays it too well to not have some type of relativity. Right. He's he has said in interviews that he looked at Ted Bundy, of course, for influence because Ted Bundy was 
an attractive, smart, level-headed dude who just, who had a job and he had a car and he had a problem. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And he would go around and pose as a cop or pose as an insurance salesman or pose as something innocent to get into these people's houses and just you don't you we don't understand just how easy that is people are stupid yeah um prime example yeah are you gonna talk about her well well, okay so this movie is it gets broken up into incidences yeah i love that too so we're going to should we just go in order or just fuck it can i just say something real quick yeah i i wouldn't go in order we should pick well, no, we should talk about every kill. We should. Well, we should. Well, of yeah. course we should. And well, we can't talk about every kill because we don't see him kill correct. everybody. But what I want to say <clears throat> is, is that when you have someone generally who has a developmental disability and you have someone who's in care for them, um, you have to write what's called an incident report. Right. Which I thought that was crazy because you have someone who suffers from mental illness. Yeah. And he's categorizing his kills by right. incidents. And that's what I that's why I thought that Verge or Virgil, this person that is talking to Jack this whole movie through a voiceover interview, I thought he was a psychiatrist. Right. And I thought Ooh. he was writing down incident number one. It's like because that's like that's what a doctor would write. That's crazy. And like so I you know, it's been obviously we've talked about it already, but it's he's not a psychiatrist. He is his guide just like Dante's Inferno Virgil was the guide through this guy's like passage through hell like dude you pointed this to you (laughs) wow (laughs) anyway um, I was handing it to you I know but this first like the (laughs) I I wanted you to see it you were so into it I'm like look at it look into it look into my cherry (laughs) I didn't realize I'm sorry it's fine so yeah, this is a very no, no, oh, no. Please no. I can't. I can hardly. I can hardly focus on as as it is. You're doing great. Um, so the first incident. I don't know if this is literally the first incident yeah, of him like, killing someone, or but I don't think it was. He's driving down the street, and a woman like gets in front of his truck and flags him down, and she's looking for help her her jack is her jack is broken isn't that fucking and isn't that fucking (laughs) and uh he's okay so guys this this is where i mean okay this movie was directed by lars von trier who is famous for doing movies like this really polarizing divisive movies that make you feel very strongly one way or the other um and this dialogue is like so it's so crazy. Yeah. He's he's picked her up. He's going to take her to the blacksmith to fix her jack. And all the while, she's like, you can be a serial killer. Are you a serial killer? You can just do this to me and this to me and no one would ever know. Like, it's so weird. It is. That and she's having this conversation with him. I just think what's what is, what strikes me throughout the movie is that these, these like... They're mostly women. Well, no, no. What, I, what I'm talking about is... What happens to him makes him believe that a divine is literally helping him along the way. Sure. We have a woman who is is talking to him about exactly what he is. Right. Which is crazy. Why would that happen? It's like looking at the clock and seeing 11-11, you know, and you're just like, wow. 
I'm going through something. Yeah. <laughs> he literally is did doing he... that through the, throughout the whole movie. But, like, did he... So, again, if this is the first incident, did he just decide to be a serial killer because she... I don't think Because so. of their conversation? Or was he... I think he was genuinely already killing people. Okay. And over time... It makes me scared just thinking about it, dude. Just, like, talking about time, it. Over time, these, like, these things kept happening. So he was going, what I'm doing is right. And, and I'm gonna... Every time this happens, something new is gonna happen because I'm getting closer and closer to my goal. Yeah. Um, it's a really unsettling conversation. And then when they get to the jacket's fixed and when they take it back it to the car, it immediately breaks. So she's like, give me right back to this blacksmith. I'm going to like give him a piece of my mind or whatever. Right. And he, she's just pushing him and pushing him and pushing him. And finally he realizes like, I could take this Jack and smack her in the fucking face with it. Mm-hmm. And bludgeon her to death. And he does. He just decides it. Yeah. He's just like, boom. And guys, this movie shows everything. Pretty much everything. Like, you have to... I had to watch this movie in parts. Because first of all, guys, this movie is two and a half hours long. It is like... Uh, It's a nightmare, dude. Dude, it's that long. But for me, it went by so fast because the whole movie, I was on the edge of my seat. I was... What's he going to do next? Holy shit. I, um... I recently, like, started tracking my my heart rate. Mm -hmm. And, like, my... I was at, like, 125, Oh, easily. I was, like... Like a rabbit, uh, Yeah. And my... I noticed My muscles were tense the whole time because matt dillon plays this perfect poised predator yep perfect and like so yeah he scares me smacks him smacks her in the head with it and then we we find out our first fact about him that he's like a failed architect or he's he's an engineer but he wants to be an architect right and he's trying to build the perfect house and this we follow him through this homemaking process the whole ruling process dude. and um just over and over again he builds these houses and it and is so unsatisfied because he believes he can do greater and greater and that right. literally takes us in dude into kill incident number two yeah this was the most brilliant thing to me because i have never i have ne- okay let me just calm down for a second. This is very important. <laughs> this dude. is this is how the movie makes you feel. It, yes. it pumps you up, this man. This scene, like, dude, the scene like I'm I'm shaking, okay? Yeah. I've never had a movie or even somebody's experience show me what true OCD is. Oh yeah. And this guy, we'll we'll talk about the kill, but I want to say he he kills a woman. Yeah. And his OCD is so bad. He's cleaned the house. She's in his in the back of his van. And he's sitting there getting ready to take off. And then he thinks about, oh my God, did I look under the carpet? Oh my right. God, did, did I look it... under the lamp? And, and he, he, all he can imagine is blood. Blood. Under every surface. So he keeps going back. And he right. looks and there's nothing. But what does he do? He cleans it anyways. Right. Because that's what a person with OCD has to do. There, there are very few movies that successfully show a mental illness like as it i mean obviously i know that 
some people can experience different things or whatever, but like, I think movies are getting way better at showing what mental illness is yeah. and what it means and what it can look like in, in all of its truth and all of its, no matter how like disturbing it is, like, cause it is, cause some, some mental, like you can really, you can see some disturbing things, hear disturbing things. Like this is, I felt that Matt Dillon perfectly illustrated like a, a mentally, un, a mentally disabled person, mm -hmm. a mentally incompetent person mm -hmm. who feels no empathy, right? A true narcissist, yep. like could not give a shit about anything because and it's so sad to me sheridan and everyone listening that like people can't people do not have empathy or sympathy right. because it's an actual they they really do, do not have that within them it's so painful to watch yeah and you see him going through his motions yeah you see him taping pictures of emotions on the, like by his mirror so he can practice so he can practice because he doesn't know what that's like and even it, even when he's angry and he smashes his houses that he builds, his face is like fine. Yeah, he's like he's like a, it's like a robot. It 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 just it the human human humans. You can you can think that you're perfect, but there's so many there's so much to us. Yeah. Ha, why? I know I'm really high, he, dude, he, and I'm just uh, blowing my own mind. But he kind of he reminds me of Patrick Bateman in American Psycho. Yeah, just like very cold, just whatever, just could not care less. And like, so this guy, um, this isn't okay. So, uh, before we move on, I just want to say Uma Thurman was the first victim. Okay, I'm glad you said and that because I I was like, is that Uma? It is. Is it that is. Uma? Is that Uma? Yeah, it's Uma. Oh my god! And and like I wanted to stab her in her fucking eye. She was really. She's annoying. such a brilliant actress. Such a dude. This movie is perfectly acted. Like it's that's why it's so scary, you guys. <sighs> like it's a very disturbing film. I can't stress this enough. So and it's almost shot documentary style. So yeah. Like, so it, okay. <laughs> So he shows up. This is during the 1980s too, by the way, which I did not even notice until yes. like halfway through the movie. The rotary phones and I was shit. Like, I was like, you know what? I haven't seen like one cell phone or one, no. you know? And, then and I, that's what makes it so scary. So okay. I'm in my shirt right now. <laughs> Dude, wait, I had I have to say this. I watched this movie with my roommates. Oh yeah. And um and our friend and like Dude, I forgot what I was gonna say. <laughs> okay, well, okay, so he shows, okay, the fact that you were just like, hey, girls, come on, come watch this with me, like, yeah, okay, I did tell him, like, oh, I did, okay, I yeah. gave him warnings and stuff, because I felt it was fair, but I was like, this movie gonna fuck you up, gonna fuck you up, gonna fuck you up, uh, but sometimes we need it, we need to purge those, like, feelings, the, yeah. the kind of, <laughs> so, uh, he, he shows up to this town, apparently this is all taking place in, place in Washington, he just shows up at this lady Claire's house and he starts going, oh, good morning, ma'am. I'm a police officer, blah, blah, blah. And at first I commended the lady because she was like, uh, do you have a badge on you? Like, you're not coming in here without. And I was like, yeah, yeah. Like, that's what you say to people 
who pose as cops. That exactly. is how that is how serials 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 that killers. Is, <laughs> that's how serial killers get you, man. Um so he and then he cha- he doesn't obviously he doesn't have a badge. He tries to make up some bullshit about it being at the silversmith. And then he jumps right into, oh, you're right, you're right. I'm not a cop. I'm an insurance salesman. And he's like, and your husband died, right? So your pension, I can double it. Yeah. And she's like, with one call to the police office? He's like, and then he, that's what he told her. He was like, I'm actually not a cop. And at that fucking moment, I would have shut my door and locked it. Yep. Are you fucking kidding me? Fucking white people, dude. (laughs) So he basically is able to look on her walls and see that her husband was worked on the railroad. And it's all right there. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it's it's all of her life is all around her the walls of her house. So he he's able to con his way into getting in her house and like you just you're so heartbroken for this lady because you know what's gonna happen and that's that's the thing that scared me is the the home invasion. Yeah. You know, that is so real and so scary. And it is something that, you know, as a woman, that cuts deep. Like, I'm not, I mean, obviously, it can happen to anybody. But, like, men target women that way. That's how Ted Bundy did it, you guys. Mm -hmm. He posed as a college student, posed as whatever he could to get his hands on girls. So he gets in, you know doesn't even try to keep up the ruse once he's in the house and he just goes for her right and is able to strangle her and she lives for like a couple minutes before he finally stabs her in the chest dude but he's like here have so he oh yeah he's like helping her dude she's on the ground she's fucking suffocating because his first attempt failed and he's like here here's some water and chamomile it's good for you and she's like like choking on the water and then she tries to get up and he's like okay and then successfully strangles her to death it's really hard to watch did you notice that that lady is from men in black she's the woman that was married to the roach roach guy (coughs) i fucking knew i had seen her sugar water lady you're crazy though for remembering that that's a crazy awesome memory i watched men in black every fucking day <laughs> in like 1999 we had it on vhs dude VHS. i wore it out like that was my favorite movie of dude, all time you know the second movie where will has to like find or get his partner back yeah yeah yeah. do you know <laughs> in the mail room for fucking months <laughs> on end dude i would go to my dad i'd be like boo and then my dad would be like he would like be like what's up and i'd be like I I fucking tortured my family. I, I mean, like I'd like run past the room. I'd be like, boom, suck a- <laughs> oh man, I love Men in Black. That is my shit. That's um, my shit. That's my shit. But yeah, that's what she's from. So so then. <laughs> Oh my god. He um he, he poses her body, dude. Takes a picture. Oh yeah, of her. and then starts taking pictures. Yeah, I forgot a about psychopath. that. Psychopath. Uh so he cleans the entire apartment when he's done with everything. Gets her body in a fucking bag. And 
is it at that point that a cop comes by? No, dude. He has like three like OCD freakouts oh, going yeah. in and out, in and out, in and out. And That's all, the part you were talking and about. Yes. And then all the fucking sudden you can hear sirens. Right. And he gets in his car and he thinks everything's good. He takes the body out and puts it in the fucking bushes. Yep. And then goes back into the house while he still hears the sirens because that's what OCD is. Yeah. I have to make sure everything is 100% fucking perfect. Right. And he gets back into his van just in time too, right as the cop rolls up. I'm just like, that's when my heartbeat was the worst. Yeah. His OCD moment. Dude, I could have, if, if I, I would have, could have, <laughs> it bothers me that much, dude. It's really scary. So the cop total, you know, obviously this looks suspicious and the cop is like what are you doing here yeah. whatever oh my, fuck that cop though that's a bad cop yeah i mean like you're acting like a psycho get in my cop car because you are acting guilty he yeah he he was so guilty and the cop was so dumb just did not even he's like oh yeah i'm a fr- i'm a friend of claire's wh- husband blah 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 and i just he's getting away with it so he goes back in. The cop is searching the house, and he goes back in the house to keep cleaning, dude. And then the cop tells him to get the fuck out. He's like, "Get out! You're disrupting." Yeah, disrupting. So he he grabs the body, puts it back in the van, and no, doesn't even put no, it in the back of the van. No, you guys, guys. This oh was, my god! This was like okay. I was so happy with this. I, my gore, my gore whore inside was like. Okay, so I seriously I want to do this because I care for you guys. If you guys don't like graphic depictions of like gore right now, the next couple scenes are gonna be really hard for you to listen to. You could just forward through, but I'm telling you, like shit gets bad, bad. So, so there's your from warning. The, yeah, this from this That's point what on, you get. we're gonna talk about it. Um, so he doesn't get the body. In the back of the truck, he ties it. Why did to, you do that? To the back of the truck. He got so scared, and he was like, "You know what? Fuck it. Let's just tie this bitch to the back and go." He, yeah, he ties her to the back of the truck, and then speeds off, and then drives all the way back to his freeze, his like big huge freezer where he Dude. keeps all his bodies. And it just, dra- it just, there's just a her blood. face is face down and is being mauled away by oh. the gravel that he's driving by. It's- so. Th- Dude, it, le- it le- does. It leaves this full blood trail from kill scene yep. to where he's trying to get. And he looks, dude, this part. Yeah. 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 Remember in the beginning when I was telling you that I felt like a, a higher power was helping him along the way? Oh, this is the part that really. The first one was this bitch telling him exactly who he is. Right. The first scene. The first I didn't incident even think we about killed. That. That's an interesting. The second scene. Uh-huh. And the. Everyone, I have another one, and we'll talk about it. But the second scene, the second incident, there's this blood trail, and that's it. That cop is going to see it, and he's gonna come and after he, him. And he, he kind of thought he was done. And then the rain It came. starts raining. Pouring! Almost immediately after he gets to his his destination. Yeah, he where literally he needs to go. looks up, and it's rain. just rain. And it washes the whole blood trail away. But I'm wondering... He's also describing these incidences to the, the to Virgil. So is is this just how is that are we are what we seeing the truth or is it the visions of this serial killer who thought that he was godly? My interpretation is that because these things were happening to him and he it was just yeah, it's probably coincidence, but Virgil 
came to him. Yeah. So I, I felt like it was just this higher thing. Like, like Verge knew he was going to die. I felt like he knew that from the well, beginning. Well, he was already dead. This From the beginning of the movie. I'm pretty, I'm, oh. I think that's, my interpretation of the film is that he was always, spoiler alert, he was always dead. They started the, the end of the movie is the beginning of the dialogue in the movie. Like, so I, yeah. it's. I, but I, I think that's just like a. He's dead and going to hell. Like. I mean, he had to do all these things to go to hell, though. Uh, right. He did. And now he's in hell telling Virgil about, this is what I did on Earth, and this is what, this is why I think I shouldn't be in hell. Like, Oh, no, I agree with you. I see what you're saying. Okay. I see what you're saying. Because, yeah, he does kind of tell this whole story while Virgil is taking him. To, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I agree with that. I don't know what we're talking about. I'm, I'm really high, dude. And it's so funny because I didn't even realize it. Well, obviously, I didn't realize it till the end of the movie. And then I was like, that was like a doctor and patient. This was like then that's where it crossed the line but we're not we're not there yet so anyway he takes it starts raining and it washes all of the blood trail away you see it wash it all away he takes these bodies and into he, like a like a meat into a cellar. giant free yeah yeah, into a, yeah yeah it's a yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah you got yeah, it yeah 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 um and he's already there are quite a few bodies in there Mm-mm. no there wasn't yet Oh no! Was there? Oh, was maybe it just that's the our one? answer. Oh yeah, you're right. There was just the one. Wait, wait. Now I know because what happens is, is in the beginning that was his first. That had to be his first kill, dude. Okay, maybe it was. Um, but no, for real. I think you might be right because when he brings in the body, he's got the first girl and then this woman, and he says he tells us, um, "I'm I'm not telling them in order." Oh, yeah. I forgot that he said yeah. they're not in any type of order. So, yeah, he's showing us from the beginning, but then throughout. Okay. So, um, yeah. So there's only two her, bodies now. Yeah, takes her to the to the big freezer and then, like, just kind of leaves her there. And then, we, and then throughout this movie, too, we get a lot of um, uh, the voiceover, um, Jack and Virgil, talking about what... Um, Jack believes is true art, mm-hmm. which is which can be death. It's not love. Art does not come from love. It comes from decay. Mm-hmm. It, it comes from and you know, it's kind of it's kind of wild. And I almost <gasps> agree with him. Like there is a beauty in ugliness. I guess there is. But the, like but he's right. Art comes from the decay of a memory, maybe or something or a, anything. It's just he. This it's like. This movie hits so many levels, guys. It's not just... It's it is still not my just fucking ass. It's very much an art film. So, like, this was not made for the masses. This no. was not made to win Oscars. It wasn't made to jump scare you. And right. and this this movie was made to say something. Yep. And, the, I mean, Lars von Trier was, like, feeling stuff yeah. when he made this movie. And he... And I love directors that just like don't give a fuck about. They go there. Yeah, I do too. And like, and I'm not. What do you have to fucking hide? You know, I'm not. I'm not saying that I want to see something. There are movies that cross the line. Obviously, like there is such a thing as crossing a line, but this movie dances on it perfectly. Mm -hmm. It's it's just enough to make you. I mean, it's really. It's very emotional. Yeah. Um. I cried. I mean, I had to take a break. Mm-hmm. I cried. Yeah, I cried. And then I had to take a break. Mm-hmm. It's, but it's those movies that make <laughs> you feel that, like, 
once a movie makes you feel this way, you have to see other ones that make you feel this way. Yeah. It's an addiction. It is. I felt that, I mean, when I saw Mother, I like couldn't talk to people for a couple days. Same thing with The Master. I just, I, you question your whole life. Dude, it will make you, I, it, I screamed out loud. I screamed out loud. And then I cry, I bawled harder than I have ever bawled in my life. Like, I was alone in an empty theater, just like fucking sobbing, dude. What? I walked out of the theater, like, not sure if I was angry or relieved or happy. Or I, like, I was just crying. Like, it was, it's crazy. But you need that. You, we need we, we need do. that we do humanity needs that some um, people are so blind to these movies though well i mean i i get that it's not everybody's cup of tea like this is a very disturbing movie yeah, like it's um, just a message man but and there are movies like this that aren't horror like obviously that you know the master obviously is is not a horror movie but it still makes you it's still very polarizing it it mm-hmm. it has a message is mother a horror movie um is it scary? It's it's so unique. It's so unlike anything. It's like a psychological if I had to label it, I would say psychological thriller, but it's so it's so much more than that. Cool. Um these movies are getting harder to define. <laughs> like yeah, some of that's them true. cross over so many different genres. Like Midsummer. Oh. Dude, I mean, yeah, you could call that just a horror movie, but could you though? Like it is, those movies are insane. And and this one is no exception. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize that going into this movie. Yeah. I The only thing I knew about this movie was what you told me. and <laughs> Which was what? Like, it'll fuck your shit. Or you, you were like, <laughs> you were like, the house that Jack built. And I was like, that sounds stupid. Like, I did not, I, did, I was not buying it at all. And you were like, you're like, no, no, I watched it with my dad. <laughs> And then I was like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll look into it. And then the only other thing I knew was that it was gory. I knew it had, like, a reputation for being gory. So I didn't you know like, what I'm pretty sure I told you. What? Uh, you were like, what's that? I was like, the house that Jack built. And uh, you were like, what's that? I was like, it's about a movie about the house that Jack built. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. That does sound like something you would say. My dad showed it to me. Um, I'm so. But as I'm watching it, I'm like, oh, this isn't, like, Friday the 13th, hack and slash. Um, but let's get to the third incident, because this one's probably... Do you see me itching myself, dude? <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to say... Okay, I don't want to say that anything in this movie is my favorite anything, because this movie is horrible. But I think the kill that got me the most out of these five specific uh, instances is, like, this one. This was the hardest thing to watch. So because man, some women are so desperate to be in love, they'll just put their hands into the arms of a fucking of someone you don't know. And then that person will be like, hey, wanna go on a hunting trip with me with you and your two young sons? And you're and she's like, Yeah, sure. Like, dude. Don't you think it's interesting that he gives three of them three red hats and there's three levels? That he has to go through in order to get to hell. Well, you remember and, his. You remember his final house, right? There's three tiers. Oh, I didn't even realize. And yeah. So he he takes this family, this 
we can assume that he's dating this woman and he takes her to the middle of nowhere yeah, the middle of nowhere with her two young sons i'm sorry but if you are not the father of my child you are not like getting near them with a gun yeah no get the fuck out exactly i even, um i love shooting yeah but i will never i would never i don't care who you are dude yeah. I'll tell you till the end of time. Let me, no. let me take you and your kids shooting. Fuck you. How about? Yeah. I know way more than you. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and then he starts over the interview with Virgil, he starts talking about the order in which you kill a deer and what happens when you kill a deer and where you should shoot it. And do you remember this part? Yeah. Explain it. So he explained it like this. You don't want to, you don't want to kill the mother first. Like, okay. Say the mother has two fawns if you kill the mother first the other two won't survive so you have to kill the oldest of the two kill the oldest of the two and then the youngest and then the mom and guess what guess the fuck what i don't know how it starts it just it it cuts from it cuts from yeah from (laughs) jack like giving a creepy ass hunting lesson tutorial to this child like seven-year-old child it cuts right from that is that his name georgie and grumpy are their names first of all what so he um and then it cuts straight to the mom and the two kids like cowering behind a little like the fucking like a mound of dirt yeah and and jack's sitting on where you would like the sniper tower yeah when you're hunting they they have towers like that throughout the wilderness and he's on it he's just shooting to try and get them to to get scared because that's what you do when you have a huddled up group of animals that you're trying to hunt you scare them so they scatter right guess what happens yeah so okay get ready guys sorry Again, I'm I'm being serious. Like, we're gonna get into some shit. Because we have to. So, of course, the son, the oldest son. Or wait, is it the younger son that gets? Yes, because okay. he, he said, unfortunately, it didn't work out the way that it needed to. Right. Because so, the littlest got scared. The, yeah, the youngest gets scared first and he tries to run. And he shoots him in the leg. And again, you see everything. You have to see a little boy get shot in the leg. Well, his leg like snaps in half, but still hangs on. Now you can have a visual because I'm going to go there. Um, and then he shoots. And then he shoots him again. He, does he shoots him in the head to kill him. And then the older son gets scared. Or no, 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 no. The mom, uh, the mom runs out. To, to her dead child. And the, the older son kind of hesitates and like exposes himself mm-hmm. and gets it in the eye Dude. gets shot in the eye and it, and like this is a hunting rifle you guys these bullets yeah. are gigantic so he ah um so then he props the corpses up and, like a, like they're having a picnic and forces the mom to like have a picnic with him and he forces her dead sons. dude he forces the mom to feed her dead child pie. Guys, it's so... This was the part, it's... dude. My, one of my friends, my friend Corey, the help? <laughs> Did it again. <laughs> <laughs> my friend Corey was like, oh my god, because he goes, choose a number. 
Yeah, what no, he, he goes, what's your favorite yeah, number? Yeah, he sits her down and says, and, and I, says, what's your favorite number? And I looked right at Corey, and I was like, five billion. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> five billion. And she goes, why? And she looked at me and goes, why? And I pointed at the TV. And she's like, she's going to make her run. And I was like, that's why I picked five billion. Yeah, so she he says, what's your favorite number? And she says, 12. And she, he says, okay. And then gets up and starts counting and, like, walks back to the tower and uh oh no he doesn't even get back to the tower he just shoots her he counts he, he counts to 12 and shoots her and yeah that fucking sucked that was i had to that's what I, I watched it and then i was like okay i need to like drink some water and remind myself that this is only a movie and like disassociate it's so <laughs> scary you guys and i don't and like it's it goes there. It pushes. It pushes you. Dude, he basically takes his family back to his cooler and he's talking to Verge about how art can be manipulated and some into something great. Oh yeah. Even better. And he ends up like shoving rods into this child's face. Grumpy oh because Grumpy had the attitude with him. He's like shoving rods into his face and like sticks into his hands. To pose, to, to pose him as a happy child, he gives him a smile. Dude, when I first saw that, I screamed. It scared me. Yeah, back. he. Yeah, just before they. Yeah, I don't even want to go into it, but he props them up and makes them look the way that he wants because they freeze that way, and it's really it's fucked up. Really fucked up that that for the rest of the movie after that happens, we have to see glimpses of it every time we go into the freezer. Yeah. Grumpy like, is always there with his oh, yeah. face. With that frozen smile. Like, we Joker fucking mm-hmm. smile. Guys. I'm, like, exhausted just talking about it's it, tough. honestly. Um, it's a tough one. The next one is also very tough. Miss Jacqueline. Because it's real. Um, I don't know how he gets into relationships with these women. He, I mean, I guess the serial killer always looks for the emotionally vulnerable and like easily manipulated. I mean, cause now he's talking along the subject of love and he does kill this one girl, um, in her like apartment. Oh, I don't remember that. She's got the tarp over. Her tarp. <laughs> she's got a hat on, she's got a hat on. <laughs> and he strangles her while oh. she's in bed. And then she hits rigor mortis in the freezer. So he brings her back. And like poses oh, her. Yeah. And he, guys, he's doing all the while he's doing this out in the open. Yeah, he ran he runs over a little woman walking on the side of the road. Oh yeah. Minding her own business. And he poses her and like this other chick like they're dummies and then sends the picture to the fucking newspaper and names himself. He's like, you know what? I'm I'm just doing such a great job. My art is selling and killing and we're just going to name myself Mr. Sophistication. Call me Mr. Sophistication. Because I'm a narcissist and I fucking love me. But his handwriting is fucking horrible. He yeah. writes Mr. Sophistication and it does not look like it. doesn't look good. No, it doesn't look good at all. So he's, he, yeah, so now he is infamous. Now he's in the paper. Mm-hmm. Now he's kind of, and he loves it. Yeah. Loves it. <laughs> and um, so he... His next, well, I don't know if it's immediately after the family, but it's, it's he ja- starts dating this chick, uh, Jacqueline, who he calls Simple. So fucked up. Dude, she really so, is an idiot, is, but still. All of the dialogue, so like, 
this whole scene with uh, with Jack and Jacqueline, oh, Jack and Jacqueline, hmm, in the apartment uh, was so hard for me because when we first meet Jacqueline, she's crying on the couch because she's afraid that he's going to break up with her. And he's like, I'm, I'm afraid you're going to leave me. And, Which is so typical. And he is very sweet and, you know, <laughs> makes her feel better. And then immediately starts degrading her. And immediately starts calling her simple. And she's like, you know, I don't like that. Like, I'm not stupid, you know? <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Are you good? Sorry. Hit the clone too hard. Um, but it's what really hurts about that scene is she's trying to, she, she is meek and she is kind of, she should have stood up for herself more, but she does try at least to say, hey, you know, I don't like that. And that's what hurts so much for me is the fact that Jack just turns to her and he's like, shut the fuck up. Like, mm -hmm. you are simple. You are stupid. That's that. And like, and it's just, it's really, really uncomfortable. Um, what's more uncomfortable is the fact that she goes, he, he tells her, I killed 60 people. And it scares her. And Genuinely. She, he starts being weird. And so she goes to the cop. There's that's sitting outside yeah. her building. And she's like, my friend is being really weird. He just told me he killed 60 people. And, you know, I'm really scared. And Jack comes out acting drunk. Yeah. And he's like, I care about this woman so She's like, much. she's right. I she's still right. killed 60 people. Dude, he just said it to this fucking cop out loud. And this cop is just like, you're drunk. Get can the you, fuck out. Can you just take care of your drunk friend? Oh my god. Bitch. You guys. Okay. That is the most heartbreaking thing to have help literally right there. And you're turned away. And yeah. And they're like, yeah, take care of your drunk friend. Like, but dude, she falls for it though. Yeah. That's, he, that sucks. Like we gotta have, he and manipulates her into, you know, he starts crying and he's like, I'll never be good enough for you. I'll never make it up to you. You know, I love you so much. And she lets him right back, right back up. And I know that people like that's such a real thing. That, we all do things that, like that. Yeah, that's yeah. why it's so relatable. It's like, oh my god, dude! Oh my god! Shit! <laughs> so she takes him back into the apartment, and then he immediately gets creepy again, just like that, just like that. And she. She, asks, real she realizes, dude. He never had a crutch the whole time. That was the thing we forgot. He's been using a crutch because Ted Bundy also did that too. Oh. He, would, he would pose as like a person who like had broken his leg and he needed someone to help move furniture for him. Like so fucked. So what happened in Silence of the Lambs, dude. Oh, that's so right. he's been posing, he's been posing with this crutch. And when she went down to talk to the cop, uh, he didn't bring his crutch down. Right. So he just like ran uh, down the stairs to her and then went back up the stairs and she realizes you're Mr. Sophistication, aren't you? And he's like, yup. <laughs> I got him. Why don't you scream, bitch? No one's going to hear you. Aha, Again, aha. this is where it gets you. It's not just that this guy is going to kill this person because usually like, okay, what happens in like, in most slashers, I guess, 
is your the premise is that like you're in a des- you're in a deserted place you're mm-hmm. in a place that is away no from one the can city hear you yeah no one can hear you no There's one- no hope in sight right guys this is happening like just in the city just in where are you apartment live? with her neighbors around with everybody around and he's like yeah go ahead scream and she starts screaming her head off and nothing happens Dude, there is a thing, there's a documentary on this, and I really wish I could remember it. I'm so sorry I'm bad with facts and stuff, but there was a, a documentary about a woman who was killed back in, like, the 40s or 50s, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Maybe 50s, 60s, but it's around that time. Mm-hmm. And it was in, like, New York City or Chicago or something where it was just, there was tons of fucking people. Yeah. This woman was killed in fucking... Broad just, daylight? It, it was like that. It was, like, broad daylight. She was screaming for help. People looked... People heard and people did nothing. Yep. And that is these, the, well, okay. Uh, That was one of the things that really made my heart ache. Yeah. For every single one of these victims. Cause it's, they weren't at some deserted cabin or Mm -hmm. some, you know, whatever. They were just at home. Yeah. And someone can just come into your house and into your light and just kill you. So he tells her, yeah, I am Mr. Sophistication, and, and if you want to scream, fine, but, like, I've, I've got you. And he ties her up, and, you know, we have to watch this, like, he takes her shirt off first, so we have to see this, like, naked lady get tied up and gagged. Um, and he, then, and then... He outlines her boobies. Well, yeah, that was, yeah, he outlined her boobies with a marker. And then, uh... Cut them off. Both of them. Both of them. We only see the one. And we, we see, do no, s- We see both, dude. You do see it. Like, the, I mean, it's kind of a shorter scene, but they do show the knife, like, going into the boob and, like... It's not the best graphics, I will say, but, but you don't need good graphics to know how bad that would hurt. Uh, he cuts off her boob, and I'm not kidding you. He goes back downstairs to find the cop car and the cop is giving a different person a citation, and he takes his boob. He takes the boob, slaps it on the cop's window, and puts the windshield wiper (laughs) over it. And then he takes her other boob and boob (laughs) and fucking makes a little coin purse out of it. And just uses it openly. Openly! And no one questions it, because anybody's a freak. Because, like, yeah, because he's a little weird. Like, (sighs) he has a weird leather wallet. Guys, with a nipple. it goes there. It just, it is so, so, when he took the boob and just slapped it on the cop car, I lost it. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> you don't what? know what he's going to do either. He's oh. just walking and then, and then he does something so grotesque. Huh. And how would it, you're the cop, you get back to your car and you see that. After having the interaction you just had, like, I, it's so crazy. What would the cop? What do you think the cop would have done? Would he would have? Would he would have screamed and then and then removed it and been like, "Oh my god, that was crazy." Or did he go and report it? You know what I'm saying? It's just like fucking pigs. I'm just kidding. So just um, kidding. So that was incident four. Now we're getting to the last one. And this whole time, like we've been saying, Jack is building this house on this empty lot on like a meadow, but it's beautiful. It is. It's like on a lake. Yeah. And he uh, tried to build it with stone and wasn't satisfied. So he knocked it down and then wood and then knocked it down again. 
he's been he's been building and yeah he's been building and breaking his own house over and over again just driving himself insane yeah and i and it's so telling like he he will not do anything unless it is perfect he will not make this house for anything less than perfection and like these materials aren't doing what i want so i need to throw them away these materials aren't doing what i want so i need to throw them away and you notice as like as he's doing this and like building and breaking apart his house his work starts to get sloppier and sloppier it's very interesting how that because he just because that's the narcissism kicking in like he can get away with it he's just doing it he's doing it out in the fucking open it's so crazy that he got away with it for so long right that's what scares me um the the fifth incident is um is okay so jack wants to see if he can kill a group of men with a single full metal, full metal jacket. jacket bullet. And so he has tied up these men. They're like necks to a pole. So their heads are all resting, you know, one right after the other in a line. Mm-hmm. And he is, and I think, I don't know how many men, I don't know how many men there were in There's total, about but, five or six. Okay. For sure. Um, Four or five. I want to And he realizes that the, or well, he the doesn't realize guy. it. The, yeah. yeah. One of his victims is like, that's not a full metal jacket bullet. And Jack, this is the first time we really see him like go Lose pretty it. nuts. Yeah. Like he gets, his anger takes over. He's actually feeling this anger and he goes back to the, but his to perfectionism, his... his perfectionism gets a hold with the OCD. Mm-hmm. He, it has to be perfect. Right. So he has to take this guy's word and yeah. go back. That's crazy. So he, yeah, he goes back and just tears into the um, The store. Yeah, the store clerk. clerk. And I thought he was going to kill him. I did too. Um, But he, he just leaves. But good on the guy though. The guy really tried hard to say, look, I can't take these bullet back, bullets back without a receipt. I can't give this to you without an ID. Right. And then finally Jack is just like give me a fucking new box. And he gives it to him, but he calls the cops right after. Yeah. And then this gets weird. Right. This takes a weird turn for me because along the way, Jack stops by some trailer. Yeah. This is where like, this is a character that came out of nowhere. We have no context for this guy. Yeah. He pulls up to, um, this trailer, this other person that he's going to buy. Apparently it's this other person that he buys bullets from. Oh, is so that, that it? Yeah. So that he, I guess, doesn't get traced or something. Like, I, I mean, I don't know if he like sells unmarked guns or something, but like he, he does sell like Jack stuff. Oh. So he's like, I need a full metal jacket bullet. Oh. And he's like, you know, he starts, he starts talking to him and then, uh, the he like calls the cops. Yeah. Well, the, he he already called the cops. Oh yeah, he already yeah he, he did already, call the cops. He's like you're done basically. Like they because, know yeah, because of a robbery. Yeah, because he has he thinks that Jack has some ties to a robbery, which is so weird. Of all the fucking heinous crimes he's committed, he's referring to, to something robbery. that probably didn't even happen. Because I don't know if I mean maybe he robbed places in the course of those 12 years maybe but we don't have any information no there's no information weird so he's like the don't don't tell me you don't know about the robbery blah 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 and he gets the guy to calm down and then immediately stabs him in the throat he stabs him 
through the bottom of his chin and up into his mouth. I should be clear, Jack stabs this guy. this arms dealer guy in the throat. And you can see the knife in his mouth. You can see yeah. the he opens his mouth like ah, and you can see the blade coming through. And this guy's wearing a red robe. And and at this point, Jack puts on the red robe and a cop comes because the well, guy called the cops. Yeah. And the cop was like, Good job, dude. Like you got him. And then and he and Jack actually has on his red hood, turns around and kills a cop. Uh, and then he goes back to, he grabs his full metal jacket bullet and goes back to um, his big freezer. And he realizes that he can't focus. He can't, his hunting rifle can't focus because he's too close. He's too close. So he decides that today's the day he's going to crack open this other door that's been in the freezer forever. And he's never been able to open it. He finally gets it. He and opens it with a pipe, takes his gun in and like finds the perfect spot. It's the craziest moment because he is still having to be such a perfectionist. You, The cops have followed him because he left his siren on because he took oh, the yeah. cop's car. So he, he left the siren on like a stupid idiot. Yeah. And the cops come right to the place. Right. And like all of a sudden you hear the cops outside like, open up. Da, 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 as he's focusing in on these gentlemen's heads with his rifle. And then it happens. He hears... Hello, Jack. Yeah. And I about poop my pants. Yeah, what do you think that that... What do you think that is? Because, okay, he I has... Know, I know, I have a thing. Okay, Tell go me ahead. What, what... So he, okay, so he... This is very symbolic. He has not been able to open this door the whole movie. There are very pointed scenes of him trying to open this door. And all of a sudden, near the end, he can just do it with a pipe that's been laying around. And he just goes in. It's, it's almost very uncere- unceremonial... I don't know if that's right. Because anyway, I'll, I'll tell you what happened. Okay, go ahead. I'm going to tell you. So Virgil is inside. Oh, just to be clear. Like, Virgil's inside the room. He's been inside the room. Uh, this, per- this this voice that's been talking to Jack this whole two and a half fucking hours. Go ahead. Jack, this is, it's just simple. Jack got shot. That's what I think, too. I think At that- this point, this is why he died. Me too. Yeah, I think that too. But I do believe that he did build, he built, Virgil basically has told him, you know, you've, but you've done all of this, but what about your house? What about your house? You've, you've, you've gathered your material. Material, which Jack refers to humans as basically objects the entire movie. So he's like, you have the material basically, you know, hinting to, there's all these frozen solid body parts. Why don't you use them, buddy? <laughs> so he does he makes he makes a house in this sub cellar in the cellar in, yeah. the, in the winter room <laughs> and he builds a house out of these body parts just in time for the cops to start shooting I think oh what, you think that it think that, that would have taken such a long time to build though that's true i don't know I if think he, he really he did must it. have died first I who knows i don't know if he really did it the, okay so he there is okay what is shown to us is yes he builds this house out of bodies and he goes inside of the house virgil kind of tempts him into the house and he's like see your work come in you know and he there's a hole in the ground and he's like come on and you remember how it's cut to the house that he built the final one yeah if you look at the three levels there's a hole in the ceiling and what and what jack this is a weird little interpretation, but Jack has been taking pictures continuously of his murder of his victims. Yeah. 
And in each photo, he actually doesn't print them out in color. He, he does them so that you can only see the negative oh, yeah, because the negative. he finds light in the darkness. Right, right. So he snapped, go back to the house he built. Normally you would see us leading to heaven. Mm-hmm. But when Jack builds the house, it's leading down. It's like it's leading. drawing your eye down. It's, That's so true. There's a hole in the ground. That's so true. And it's just leading you into the depths of hell. So he climbs into this, like, it, it almost seems like a sewer mm-hmm. or whatever. And Virgil is lead. And he starts the, di- he starts talking to him. Uh, he starts the dialogue that we hear in the, in the, in the beginning, beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. And so we realize that he hasn't been talking to a doctor. He's been on this road in hell he's been going through it's 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 very dantos dante's and dantos <laughs> dante's inferno um and then he they get to like the lowest point and he says well you're actually slated to be like a couple more tears up mm-hmm. but i just wanted to show you this because i well, know wait wait before that part okay because the i i just have to say there's some cheesy parts in this scene but i feel like it's done so perfectly because it really does make you feel what living in hell would feel like yeah that's true. we just explained this on the other episode which is very very funny but like we were i was like what kind of hell <laughs> oh yeah what do you picture hell to be yeah. yeah and like there are these scenes where it's like virgil explains that there are so many people who are suffering and dying and just like feeling like shit basically and there's so but there's so much of it that it it forces itself into a sound like a frequency and it's just this high-pitched like constant Mm -hmm. and that's what you hear the whole time they're going down into the depths of hell yeah 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 you're hearing the screams but they don't quite sound like screams like you said it's like a frequency it is and that's so fucking eerie to me it is very eerie. and just like they're going through hell but they're moving in slow motion and that got to me because I'm just like, that would, that is my hell. And anytime I have a nightmare, I can't move my arms. I'm just like moving nowhere. Oh, yeah. I, th- I think that a lot of people feel that way. Whenever I dream, whenever I'm trying to like run, yeah. I've had a dream with like zombies are chasing me and I'm trying to run and it's like I'm in water almost. Yeah. Like I, I just can't like sludge. Yeah. I, I, just can't get there. And it's because your brain is telling your legs, like, nope, it's not time to move. And your legs want to be like, yes, it is, because we're running. Like, you know, it's very fucked up. Yeah. Dude, there's a part, and we didn't really talk about the scenes of uh, Jack as a child, um, but, like, he he brings us to this memory where he was on his farm as a child, and um, he would listen to the sound of the workers, the older men Cutting using a scythe to to clear the grass. Yeah. And he said it he, it was one of his favorite sounds. And in hell, one of the things he went through, he was like in a dungeon and all he could see were them cutting, but he couldn't hear anything. He could only imagine it. Right. And just having to like watch that's the first time he cried. You never see a him single, cry. A single tear. A single yeah. tear. He finally realizes, at least a little bit, the impact of his actions. Yeah. And what it means. But he still doesn't give a shit, and he keeps going lower with Virgil. Yeah, so he, they eventually, Virgil's like, you know, you're not, this is not your stop, but, you, you know, I figured you'd want to see this. And it's a, it's um, a bridge 
that has been burned. It's been destroyed. And, you know, the side, the side that they're on is hell. And according to Virgil, the other side is the path back up to earth. Earth reality. Or, yeah, or wherever out of heaven. Hell. Yeah, out of, yeah, basically. Yeah. And, um, and Jack says, well, I can get over there. I could just climb around. Yeah, he's going to climb literally the walls around to the other side. And Virgil's like, I wouldn't recommend it because a lot of people have done that. And no one's been successful. And of course, as soon as you say that, he's going to want to do it even more. Because yeah. that narcissist, he's, that narcissist in him is, I'm going to be, I'm, it's me. Mm -hmm. This is my, my fate. Like yep. destiny is telling me, you know. So he, he does, he tries. And at first I felt, I didn't know what was going to happen. I, I was like, maybe, I don't, I don't know. This movie is pretty bleak. Like maybe yeah. he does get out, you know? And, and then his foot slips and my heart dropped. Yeah, dude. And I, I went, <gasps> like I gasped <sighs> so loud. <laughs> and then I felt, I was like, am I like, I should have been relieved, you know? Like, <laughs> but he catches himself. He goes a little more, but he's losing his footing. It's not looking good guys. And he finally, with one last, like, effort, tries to get to this other, like, boulder and just plummets. Just falls. And he plummets into, like, the deepest depths of hell. Which is crazy because as it ends, it turns into the negative. Yeah. And he literally, he accomplished what he wanted. I think he was satisfied at that moment. I don't know. That, I, honestly, the one of the hardest, it's... I don't know, guys. This movie is... I have to watch it again. So crazy. Um, I own it now, so you can watch it whenever you want. Um, I don't... It's going to be a long time before I can watch this movie again. It's a tough it's, one. I can't... I know, I know we've been talking about it the whole time, but... It was like reliving hell again. But I just... You know... <sighs> I would only recommend this movie to the seasoned horror moviegoer. Yeah. Um... Don't show this to your mom. <laughs> Don't watch it with Mammy. It's, yeah. <laughs> we asked you guys what the most disturbing movie you guys have seen is, if that sentence made sense. And I got some really good answers. Um, I was telling Chelsea about Poughkeepsie Tapes. God. It's on YouTube. If you want to, if you feel like, if you hate yourself one day and you're just like, you need to be punished. <laughs> Um, I've been a bad girl. But okay, here's the thing though. The difference between those two movies, these two movies though, is that Poughkeepsie Tapes is not, it, it doesn't have a message. It's just trying to be gross. What? I love the way you say Poughkeepsie. Poughkeepsie. Um, it, it's just trying to be disgusting. And this movie is really saying something. It, it has, it is art. Yeah. You know, it, it's beautiful. It really there is. is a there is a scene where they're the uh, it's like Jack and Virgil and some of the extras are or some of his victims, I think they are, are posed like um, like a painting of Virgil and uh, uh, the it's from Dante's Inferno, that painting. <laughs> like so it's it's like so beautiful and it's so thoughtful and so insightful and so it, it it makes you think but holy shit 
it is a hard pill to swallow for sure we didn't even talk about i'm gonna bring this up just because we didn't mention it but like there's a scene in the movie where jack is explaining why he does the things he does yeah and it's simple it's it's three no it's two lamp lights what oh yeah, yeah 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 just like city street lights. <laughs> and you see a, a figure of a man walking under the first light and his shadow is completely beneath him. It's just right. him. You can only see him. And he makes his uh, kill. <laughs> he makes his kill and he keeps walking. And as he's walking, the shadow grows large in front of him because he has another light in front of him. So he sees a big shadow which is his proud moments, his like, I feel like the biggest man that I am. And as he keeps walking, the shadow starts to get smaller. And then the shadow behind him grows larger, which represents his regret, his sorrows, his pain. And it becomes so overwhelmingly unbearable. He has to do it again. Yeah. So that it goes away. Right. And then we, and then that's how you start cycle back to the next streetlight. I cried to Sheridan about this earlier because I could compare it to real life. And he does. Shit. And Virgil does. He, you know, he, he says you can use that analogy on, on any addict, mm-hmm. you know. On, addict. Yeah. Yeah. That's. <sighs> yeah. There is a tremendous pain that comes right after pleasure and it gets so unbearable. You have to do it again. And then you Weird. have that rush of pleasure. Mm-hmm. And then as the pleasure goes away, the fucking... Pleasure and pain are one and the same. <laughs> we need to do an episode on Hellraiser, dude. Pleasure That's like... and pain. <laughs> one and the same. Um, yeah, I really can't stress it enough. This movie is fucking crazy. Probably the most disturbing movie we've covered so far. Yeah, extremely phenomenal. It makes Texas Chainsaw look... Dude. Like Friday the 13th. It made Hereditary... Dude. Looks a little smaller to me, which is hard for me. Not small. They're, I mean, in its own way. Yeah, yeah. In its own way, they're 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 best. <sighs> it's okay. really Lars von Trier will make you feel stuff. Uh, his stuff has always been very his, hard. It's to very swallow. much his own. Yeah, very much his own. So what a uh, troubled mind. Approach this movie with caution, um, if you're gonna watch it. But but it's so good. I yeah. do recommend it. I'm glad you if, liked it. If you're up, yeah. If you guys are up for it, like. Do it. Do it. Because it, it's it's rewarding. Watch it with your family. I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> do not. Maybe even watch this movie in the day. Because that's what I did. I watched it in the daytime. Um, And then I... Guys, I watched it in, like, the morning. And that was a bad idea. I had, like... My day was, like, the worst after that. I was, like... Just, I had this heaviness hanging around <laughs> me all day. Like... But it was... But it was almost a release. It was good to to like feel that much. Like I was crying, you know, and it felt good to let it's like coming let that out. <laughs> That's not okay. All I mean, right. think about it. Think a about release it. of pleasure, and then you want to kill yourself immediately after. I'm um, just kidding. So anyway, thanks for listening. <laughs> uh, you can find us at Electric Special. You guys fucking know. Like I don't feel like we have to say this every week. We have to. Say okay. It. Okay. You can find us on Instagram at Electric Special uh, for all the new for all the noobs. If you are new, we are two chicks who smoke a blunt and then talk about a movie. Literally, that's what we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, horror movies, if you uh, if you will. didn't notice. <laughs> if you want to follow me, my name is Chelsea. You can follow me at Instagram at uh, Lincoln. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> oops, uh, lunar underscore wifeful. <laughs>
I post pictures of link, my link, dog. Lincoln is your cam girl name. No! <laughs> Call me Lincoln. <laughs> uh, all right, my name is Jared, and you can follow me at your Fell on Instagram. I don't post anything really cool. Actually, I posted a picture of Kevin the other day. So cute. All right, <laughs> thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Love you. Ew.